KYW Original Podcasts. For more stories about the coronavirus pandemic in Philadelphia, subscribe to KYW In-Depth on the Radio.com app or wherever you listen to podcasts. The coronavirus pandemic from KYW In-Depth. I'm Matt Leon. Everything has been touched one way or another as a result of this COVID-19 pandemic. That includes insurance. We specifically were curious about kind of the world of employee benefits with a lot of workplaces having to let people go furlough workers. uh, How does that affect health benefits? What are insurance companies dealing with? So we wanted to find the answers to a lot of these questions. So we reached out to Joe DiBella. He is the managing director and the head of the employee benefits practice for Connor Strong and Buckaloo in Camden. Really good firm in the area. We talked to him about a wide range of issues dealing with the insurance world. Interesting stuff give a listen. So let's start, let's kind of set the table. You know, people hear insurance and there's a lot of different things. Let's talk about your day-to-day focus. What do you work on? Sure. So what I focus on and what our firm, Connor Strong and Buckaloo, focuses on, we work with medium and large size employers in the total design and management of their employee benefits plan. And really our job is to work with employers and businesses union funds, school districts, municipalities, and so forth, in helping them design everything from soup to nuts with respect to their employee benefit plan, healthcare coverage, pharmacy coverage, dental, life insurance, all the things that make up a traditional employee benefit package. And we do that every day for clients in the Philadelphia region and clients across the country. So how has your day changed? The things you have to focus on, the people you have to deal with, the questions you have to answer, how has it changed since this pandemic took hold? Sure. I mean, it has it has changed dramatically. Uh, it's almost difficult to remember what a what a normal day was like in February or back in the, the early part of March. Our days now are very much focused on helping employers figure out How will they continue to provide health benefits for their employees when their businesses are closed? Uh, Whether it is closed voluntarily or involuntarily based on the part of the country that they're in, they have no revenue coming in. Uh, And yet, as good employers, they want to continue to keep people on health benefits. And most employers pay for a very significant portion of the health insurance premiums or dental, or life insurance, and so forth. So our challenge is now, how do we help companies navigate through, we have no revenue coming in from our customers, our business has been shuttered, and yet we want to continue to maintain employee benefits. We may be furloughing employees. So a big chunk of our day now is helping to find new solutions, which is all uncharted territory, helping to find ways to manage employee benefit costs, and work with employers to help keep people covered so that we don't have a big increase in the ranks of the uninsured. And a lot of those calls are tough. A lot of those calls are heart-wrenching and heartbreaking to hear businesses go through some of the real emotional challenges and for us and our team to be able to give them practical advice and guidance on what are really, really difficult issues. So our our day looks very different uh, than it did just a couple months ago. 
And you kind of went into this, but what are some of the biggest questions you're getting? What are the most consistent questions you're getting? So the common question we're getting is we've laid these people off or we've put people on furlough. How do we continue to cover their health benefits? Because if we put them on COBRA, these individuals don't have the capacity to pay under COBRA what might be 100% of the premium. So how can we in the short term continue to keep people on our benefit rolls, even if they pay some portion of it, when most insurance plans on the group side have what's called an active at work provision? So it's a real challenge because employers want to comply with the provisions of their contracts, but at the same time, those contracts don't allow you to keep people who might be furloughed on your plan. So that's been one of the fundamental questions. And thankfully, many of the insurance carriers and government agencies have given some temporary relief around putting provisions in place to allow people that are not actively at work to stay on their company plan, even if they may be furloughed. So that's a big question. The other big question that we're getting is what's our help? What help can we lend, I should say? What guidance on how to get people back to their work locations safely? And what do the requirements entail with respect to can we temperature test? Can we send someone home if they have a temperature? Can we ask medical information about them? What are the best ways to go about doing that? Uh, and because we deal with, with human resource professionals, we have been pulled into most of those conversations. Uh, and so it's how to keep people covered. And then once we start coming back to the offices, how do we get people back in safely? You reference, I think, I don't know if the word you used was unprecedented for this situation, but obviously it is overall. Are you guys kind of writing this playbook day by day? Are there situations that you can go to to reference, maybe not in this all-encompassing way, that kind of help you see what direction you're supposed to go? Or is this kind of conference calls every day and everybody putting their heads together and how do we make this work? It, it is unprecedented. I've been in the business for 30 years and I have never seen anything like this. Uh, we are writing the playbook day by day. There certainly are some economic similarities to the worldwide economic meltdown in 2008. So there are similarities there, if you will, but the overall challenge set of how to keep people safe, that didn't play into the 2008 economic crisis. There were certain financial considerations that needed to be made. Benefit plans could be changed. The government provided some economic relief, but we didn't, on top of that, then have to worry about preventing the spread of the coronavirus and how to get 5,000 people back into a big a building in downtown Philadelphia and how to get them tested. So the, the playbook is being written as we speak. And I will tell you, there's been tremendous collaboration among people in all walks of business to try and help get it right. Uh, but it is certainly unchartered and nothing I've ever seen in 30 years. Are we going to see fundamental big changes in the world of insurance coming out of this going forward, you think, or is it going to be around the edges? What do you think? No, I, I think we're going to see some very wholesale changes that will come out of, out of this event, particularly on the health benefits side. One of the things that was always popular 
but rarely used was telemedicine. And, and what we have seen now is that telemedicine has been a lifeline for people who cannot get in to see a provider because it isn't safe, because the, the provider can't see patients, and yet people still need medical treatment. And what has happened is people have seen that telemedicine works, that Skyping and video conferencing with a primary care provider works. And it's easy and it's convenient. So I personally believe that we're going to see things like virtual medicine and treating patients virtually become a mainstream. And frankly, they are lesser cost as well. So it's a lesser cost access point into the healthcare system uh, for sure. So that's one of the fundamental changes uh, that I do think we're going to see. And I also think we're going to see hospitals again sort of have to reinvent themselves uh, because hospitals for years were about having patients be inpatient hospitalized. Well, then most hospitals were forced to reduce their size and their footprint because everybody didn't need to be in the hospital. And we saw what happened when we did not have the beds and the resources to deal with this challenge. And this won't be the last pandemic that we contend with. And so I think hospital systems and other healthcare providers are going to be challenged for how do they reinvent themselves yet again in terms of being able to treat patients in these global kinds of, of situations. And I also think that we're going to see people really think long and hard, healthcare related or otherwise, about can people work remotely for longer periods of time effectively? That's not for every industry, but there are certainly a number of industries where People have been able to work remotely with some level of efficiency, and I think it's going to be hard to sort of unscramble that egg now that some employers have seen the efficiencies that can still be achieved when people work remotely. So those are some immediate things to come to mind. And the final thing I would say is there's going to be tremendous pressure on businesses and employers to reduce healthcare costs. And so I think we're going to see a real push from employers on providers to reduce the sheer unit cost of healthcare spending. And they're going to demand transparency. They're going to demand a reduction in price. And I think employers this time are, are not fooling around. And so I think there's going to be huge pressure on providers and the pharmaceutical industry to really once and for all get their arms around reducing price. Do you think we are a society that has the employer-based healthcare connection uh, with the, the Affordable Care Act kind of complementing that. I don't think that's going to change overall, but do you think we're going to see some swing where there is maybe more of a, a push, not a push away, but a swing away from the connection to your employer and more to a universal look? I don't. I, I don't believe we're going to see a dismantling of the employer-based healthcare system I think it's too important to the employer-employee relationship. I know it's a very hot topic in the presidential election. We hear different candidates you know, talk about their ideas, but there's just too big a chunk of society that has an employer-based platform. And I don't, I don't see that changing or going away. I could see at some point you know, there being a, quote, government option through Medicare where someone could, on their own, voluntarily opt to buy into that kind of a solution, perhaps if they're not old enough to otherwise qualify for Medicare, but they're retired. I can see that happening. 
But I don't think you're going to see a wholesale dismantling of the employer-based system. And, and if for no other reason than organized labor, which is very big in the Philadelphia region, they're certainly not going to stand for giving up the benefits that they've worked hard to negotiate and just have that go away. So we think the employer system is, is safe for a long time. Let's talk a little bit about life insurance. I've read some articles in general that it's becoming harder to get more expensive to get that some insurance carriers are thinking whether or not it's still something they want to offer. Are these things you're seeing in the industry or are these more kind of just headline articles that don't tell the the proper story? Yeah, I, I think that's more headline articles that there is concern that perhaps the life insurance market you know, may be hardening, if you will. We've not seen any empirical evidence or data to suggest that it's going to be any harder to get life insurance um, as a result of, of the COVID-19 uh, crisis. So that, thankfully, that's not something that we have seen uh, as a byproduct of this terrible event. I, I want to ask if there's anything that surprised you, but it's probably hard to answer because we are you know, we're through the looking glass here overall, but what are things you're keeping your eye on in the insurance industry that are really kind of important fundamental things that maybe the lay person like me doesn't follow, doesn't know the indicators to look for? Yeah. I mean, the the thing that we're really watching closely is the unusual dynamic that's happening in healthcare costs. So very early on in the pandemic, the thinking was healthcare costs would spike and would balloon. You know, we have this pandemic and it's spreading uh, at an enormous clip and people are going to be very sick. And what we saw was, quite frankly, the opposite. And there's a couple of reasons why. Other than COVID related situations or drastic emergencies, elective care was stopped. People are afraid to go to the hospital. They're not able to get in to see their provider. So we've seen an unprecedented drop in healthcare utilization where people aren't getting services. And so that drop has directly connected to a huge decline in healthcare costs that have gone way, way down. So what we're watching is what will happen as we further come out of the pandemic. And we think a couple things will happen. Some of the care that someone avoided, they're going to have to get that care and they're going to go back and get it. And so what will the back end of the year look like in terms of a ramp up or a ballooning effect to where healthcare costs may come back up again. But there's another potential byproduct, which is the care that never happens. The person that decides not to get that MRI, they don't go back and get that test for whatever purpose. So we're watching every day what we think is happening with respect to utilization and will it come back? If it does come back, what it will look like. And we're also watching what might be a end of the year 2020, early 2021 effect, which is all the care that people didn't get because of their concern. And will that make their conditions more costly to treat downstream? So the diabetic that has not been properly taking care of themselves five or six months from now, will they become a much more costly diabetic? The person that put off getting treatment and really shouldn't have. And now their cost may be much more than it would have been because they put it off and they delayed it. So there's a, a really a lot of uncertainty, which is concerning around the direction that healthcare costs will go in the next six to 12 months. And frankly, because it's so unprecedented, 
it could go in any direction. Are you guys and the industry as a whole, how long are you baking in the ramifications of this as something you're going to have to deal with? I mean, is that possible to put a, I don't want to say a time limit, because but when you're having discussions, how far out are you looking that you're going to have to be nimble directly as a result of the ramifications of this pandemic? I think for now it's indefinite uh, because you know we are hearing that that some businesses, some industries are going to really be concerned until you have a vaccine, uh, and and what that means before people are comfortable going back out to restaurants and hotels and casinos, and so we're hearing from our employer clients that we represent that they want to be ready and prepared for the fact that this could carry on for some extended period of time. And so we're helping them in the planning and the preparation of what might your costs look like? How do we model out other solutions? What are some alternatives to hold the line on costs without getting out of providing health benefits? So right now, I think it's very, very uncertain when employers and businesses can get some sense of normalcy because normal might be they reopen their restaurant, but they only can have half the customers. And so maybe they only have half the number of employees and how do they manage your health benefit expenses? So it, it, it's a great question. It's another one that sort of rattles everybody's brain because it isn't as if, well, come July 1, we think we're going to be out of the woods and, and all is good. And then you hear some of the, quote, experts, and many are experts at this, get everyone further worried about a resurgence in the fall and that psychological uh, impact that that has on people, we think creates even more uncertainty. So we're helping clients really uh, button things down for, for the long haul because we don't yet see uh, any immediate end in sight. And my final question, what is it like to be working in an industry that, that fundamentally wants to limit risk in a moment like this where you are n- surrounded by nothing but risk? Yeah, I mean, it it has been the most interesting, complicated, heartbreaking, uh, emotional couple of months that I've had in my 30-year career Uh, for all the reasons that you mentioned. You know, insurance is about protecting against risk. It's about trying to protect against the unknown. And we have been thrust into the middle of this pandemic in ways where we're talking to owners of businesses the CFOs, CEOs, you know, key leaders of big companies who are crushed and devastated at some of the decisions that they've had to make to take people off health benefit plans, to reduce levels of coverage, to have to furlough people. It has been uh, very difficult to help employers manage through these things uh, when it has such an impact on people's lives. And so it has been a, it, it's been a very interesting and, and complicated handful of months. Uh, We certainly are right smack in the middle of a lot of the issues impacting the country as a result of this healthcare, health insurance, risk management. You know, so much of what we do is is baked in the middle of it. Uh, And you certainly look back, you hope, several months from now, a year from now, and you hope that you gave your customers the best advice and counsel that you could and that you helped them as best you could because these are such historic and important times. 
That's it for this episode of KYW In-Depth Coronavirus. For more stories about the coronavirus pandemic here in the Philadelphia area, or if you want to know how what you see or hear on the news is going to change your own life or your own routine, then subscribe to the KYW In-Depth podcast. Search for KYW In-Depth on the Radio.com app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. My name is Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon. 